Hi friends, welcome to the Mostly Yoga Podcast. My name is Aaron, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in, as always. I'm in a different place uh, right now, uh, or rather, I mean, it, it, it's the same place, it's the same place, same room, same view from the window outside. Um, and I come to Thailand quite often, at least once a year, uh, for my like annual pilgrimage to to visit old friends and to just get away from the city for a bit. Uh, and uh, yeah, it feels nostalgic to come back. I always come back to the same spot. Uh, things are the same, but also things are a bit different. And. Uh, I brought my stuff, my gear with me as well because I knew that there were a few people that I wanted to speak to while I was here. And, um, but I think it was, I was a bit surprised at how many people that I actually wanted to speak to. Like, I mean, I have some friends here that I wanted to talk to, but then as, as, as you know, I got into the groove of things again and I started to meet more people and I was like okay actually I want to talk to you as well I want to talk to you so there's actually a lot of people that I have lined up um, uh, hopefully I'll have enough time to speak to all of them before I head back to Singapore anyway um, I will will take a break from the Jim Bro series that I've been that I've been doing for the past couple of months where I was talking to the guys from the gym and then we'll start this little mini, mini series of uh, my friends in Chiang Mai, and I'll call this uh, the Chiang Mai Soul Connection series because uh, that's the name of the Facebook page for, from this community where I met all these people. And if you're a long-time listener and you like what you hear, as always, you can always go to coffee.com slash yoga to show your support. If you decide to donate, thank you very much in advance. And if you don't, that's fine as well, because it doesn't matter. You can still listen to this for free, and I'm happy to keep making this, because I enjoy talking, and I enjoy listening, and I enjoy just creating this, you know? So I'm just going to... This is always going to be free, uh, but if you know, if you want to give me some pocket money for my efforts, much obliged. Uh, anyway... My first guest to kick off this series is going to be Craig, who I've had the privilege of meeting during a, uh, what do you call that, a, cera- uh, a, cer- a ceremonial flute making workshop <laughs> a year ago. Uh, 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 I won't go into the details, but I just, just we met at a thing and then we, we sort of hit, we reconnected again. And then... Uh, one thing led to another lot, right? You know how it is. So we, the stuff we talked about is just like his life in Chiang Mai, his spiritual journey, and some other crazy stories about uh, demons in a bucket and his adventures in Peru. Um, af, uh, so uh, we did this at his place, and I think like after the first... So, okay, so the first few minutes when we were chatting... Uh, or rather, we 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 start chatting and all that. Then I, I think he goes on like a hour straight of just talking about all this wild shit. So it might be a bit hard to keep track of, 
because like even when I was listening to him, it was, like there were so many stories. So I was trying. It was hard for me to follow, but um, I didn't want to stop his. I didn't want to stop the trainer, so I let him speak, and then towards the end of it. Uh, when we all like sort of gather our thoughts and we analyzed everything, there was um, there was much more things to analyze, and it was it became very insightful. So hopefully, uh, you listening, whoever you are, wherever you are, you're able to take away some lessons from this episode, and and hope you enjoy it nonetheless. So, without further ado, here's my good friend Craig enjoy today's a very special a very special edition where we're we're overseas today wait let me test 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 okay I think can hello hello okay uh I am with. <laughs> How do I open this? Okay. Craig, welcome. Uh, thanks for inviting us to your house. Um, we met yesterday at the at the dinner place. I was supposed to meet Jackson, who's here today also, sitting behind us. He's gonna be our acting Jamie today. <laughs> so, just to paint the picture, I'm in Craig's house. Uh, there's a nice cute dog outside. A nice cute cat inside somewhere. I'm gonna be chatting with you today. And then Jackson's behind me chilling. And then at any point, if he wants to chime in, he can. And if we need to Google stuff, he's there for us also. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Craig, um, thanks for coming. Uh, no, I mean, thanks for being on this thing. Like it, you're kickstarting my, my my Chama episodes with 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 episode one of you. Cool. And then you can kick kickstart my episodes with episode one. Right. Of because ever. like how today started was also because. As much as I wanted to talk to all the, the people from, from, from here since I'm overseas, and then when I met you and I went met at Jackson, I was like, okay, let's just do a podcast. Then you told me you were going to start doing your own, and then one thing led to another, and then I'm like, here we are, like, just one day later. So it's very exciting. It's very fun to, to, especially what we talked about yesterday, where, okay, some backstory, like we met at a flute making workshop. Like ceramics workshop. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I went with Jackson. <laughs> He's already meditated. <laughs> I went with him. And then uh, we met you and a few other people and we hit it off. We were the ham up guys yeah, sitting at yeah, the back. Yeah. Right? Smoking cool. <laughs> Cigarettes, smoking cigarettes. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, we started to hit it off. But that, that was during my last few days in Chiang Mai already. So I was heading back. And that was like a year ago. Bro. Yeah. Right, it's year gone ago. quick. Yeah. yeah. We kept in touch. Uh, yeah, yeah. But not as much, you know. Like we we knew each other. I added you on Facebook. We didn't we didn't chat. But then when Jackson told me like, hey, uh, Christ coming for dinner. You remember him? I was like, yeah, yeah, the guy the, from the, the the thing. And then we chatted and we caught up and like conversation always flows with like minded people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And you told me you shared with me some stuff. I shared with you some stuff. And here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a really deep conversation. Yeah. Like yeah, suitable for the position that we're in. Yeah, yeah. And the, the things that you shared yesterday, I mean, we we're still new friends. I don't know much about you, and you don't know much about me. So like the things that you shared with me yesterday about a bit about your life, mm. about your time here, your 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 experiences with the Gibbons, you know, and your experiences with, um, how should I put it? Uh, Natural medicines. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
how do I even begin to, or rather just a very generic question to, to sort of get things flowing. Yeah. Tell me about what led you to come here. Yeah, yeah. I, generic um, enough? Yeah, definitely. No, it's perfect. Perfectly generic. <laughs> uh, luckily, I like talking mm. and I've told this story so many times as well. So hey, hopefully it comes out well. Um, so I've been in Thailand for about five years, Chiang Mai for the last four, except for a brief period in the UK and Peru last year. Yeah, um, put, put a pin on the Peru stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I came here on holiday a couple of times just as a young guy, just being irresponsible and wild as boys do. And then the third trip that I came here, I came with a friend who was way more into spirituality than was partying. So I forced him to go to the islands and party with me for a few days first. And then he dragged me to Chiang Mai. And I wasn't that fussed about it. And then when we got to Pai, um, I just completely fell in love. Mm. And before that, whenever I'd left Thailand, it always felt like I was leaving home rather than going home like back to the UK. But then after this like experience in Pi, there was one day I was just sitting there and I was like, I'm definitely doing something wrong in my life that this is happening all the time. And yet for me, it's like a few days um, that I've had to spend like all year saving up to do. But I just kind of let it go, sort of. <laughs> this, was, this was like five years ago. Yeah, so this was like five years ago. But I kind of let it go, jumped on the plane back to England, but I just fell into an obsession of um, like my, my boss at the time had agreed to give me like a sabbatical for six months to go traveling. Um, I was just like constantly just planning and saving to the detriment of my actual work. Um, so I went from running like a successful team of recruiters, like in a fancy office in London to like, and we were like winning awards and hitting target every month. And then as soon as I got back from Thailand, we like, I was doing like zero deals a month. My whole team was doing like one deal a month between all of them. Um, and it was just like, I was just so discombobulated and distracted that um, it was starting to become a problem. And then while all of that's going on, I had a friend in another department um, called Ed, thank you Ed, who sent me a LinkedIn job advert for a recruitment consultant in Bangkok. It's basically the same thing, just different industry. So I applied for that and within like a week and a half, I had that job. Um, and I ended up flying to Thailand and moving out here like a month later. Okay, this kind of story sounds so, um, like there was no resistance. It was just like one thing led to another, led to another. And then before you even knew it, one month later, like, oh, I got a new job in a new place, all sorted out. Yeah. Damn. Like. Every, every everything good that happened in my life was not my plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's always just accidents. Like even getting that job in London, I come from a small village and getting that job in London was just like, my cousin text someone, they interviewed me like a little while later. I, had, I never even planned on working in London. It was, um, and so yeah, I had the same thing with Bangkok. Um, I got to Bangkok and I was there for about a year working for this recruitment company. I got to go to Singapore, got to go to Vietnam. Um, but the the whole time I was there, I was enjoying like the party life of Bangkok and the nightlife and everything. And I was, I was overdoing it. And so I ended up um, 
being given the opportunity to find another job. <laughs> um, and like the, the boss that I had at the time, he like, he kept my visa open. He like paid me until he paid me for like a few extra weeks after I'd left, gave me time to find new work, did, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not testimonials, like references, references for me yeah. and everything. Yeah, he was really, really sweet, which considering the the aggro that I, I bought to him was like totally unnecessary. Yeah. But it was, it, was, it was my first taste of like how Thailand can like change you. Right. Like it was a very compassionate um, approach to the situation that I wouldn't have necessarily been treated that well in the UK sort of thing. And then within a week of that, I found a job working in a drug rehabilitation center in Chiang Mai. Um, so it was like a luxury rehab. There'd be like models would come. Um, it was like thousands and thousands of dollars a month. And um, what was your role there? I was working as an admissions manager, so it was basically a sales role. Okay. Um, so I would do like basic screening on people that needed help with like drug addictions, depression, anxiety, PTSD, and then. I would do all of the logistics side of it, getting the payments, helping people with flights, dealing with family members, dealing with getting reports from their doctors. Just from like the first time that someone sends in a message saying like, I'm addicted to cocaine, can you help me please? To them actually arriving in the center in Thailand. Like I just took care of all of that. Mm. Um, now, this is for locals or for anybody else? No, it's international. Yes, yeah, so it's overwhelmingly American, Australian and UK. Oh. Yeah, there's quite, um, especially before COVID, there was like a decent sized scene here. Um, of addicts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it's still, if you're someone that's struggling with addiction, like it's still a great place in the world to come. Um, makes sense, yeah. makes sense. I mean, this, this, this place has always had a had an element of healing to it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Go, go on. I think there's something about um, the... Being around ground, nature and that kind of thing. Uh. Yeah, there's like a groundedness and a humility that's like in the people and in the air. Mm. So it's a good place if your head's a mess to come and try and kind of get it together. I agree, um, I agree. Yeah, and then try and take that back home to wherever mm. you've come from or something if you can. Um, but yeah, so I got this job in the rehab and um, the whole time I was still dealing with my own addictions. Mm. Um, but I managed to fly under the radar for a while until I found a drug test after a big breakup. And uh, I ended up... Lee I ended up getting clean off all like alcohol and drugs for like six months doing like traditional therapies and going to like 12 step like Alcoholics Anonymous style mm. groups and then yeah six months in I just caved and I was like no I can't do this um, and I just like went back off the deep end um, and I lost a job in the rehab as well <laughs> again they let me go very compassionately and, and gave me loads of support and gave me loads of like free therapy and yeah um, so again it was just like I got let go Thailand style, like Chiang Mai style, like I got taken care of. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I I kept going to like the the, the 12 step like um, NA meetings and someone there had seen an advert for a yoga, uh, for an ayahuasca retreat. And they thought it was yoga, so they were gonna go. Then they realized that it was all like plant medicines so they thought they can't go because they're in recovery, they can't take any substances, anything like that. And at that point, I was still going to the meetings, but still getting high all the time as well. Mm. So that was kind of irrelevant for me at that point. And it was the only thing I hadn't tried. And I'd done, I'd done all of the research I could about plant medicines without taking them. Like I'd watched all the YouTube, like it was getting to the point where I was just seeing the same old information. And so when this came up, I was like, this is perfect. I've just relapsed. Um, it's not far from where I am, like it was easy to get to, 
Um, and so, yeah, I went to like meet the people that were going to be doing the retreat and they seemed really genuine and like their hearts were in the right place. Um, and then that was like two and a half years ago and COVID, it was like in the early days of COVID still, um, but yeah, I had that IO experience and then that kickstarted like the kind of second chapter of my life that's kind of started now where it's, um, yeah, just doing a lot of um, plant medicines, a lot of meditation. I kind of like changed my career, started working online. Um, yeah, I got to travel to Peru. Yeah, the last two and a half years has been like a whole This is with Kay and Dow. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kay and Dow for, yeah, for quite a while already. Because yeah. when I met them, I, I guess it was around uh after covid but like still you had to quarantine before you could like you had to come here stay like a week then then you can travel again or something like that yeah 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 so it's during that time when i met them yeah so i think they'd already been doing it for a few years when i met yeah. them like as well sure. and um yeah so then wait yeah. oh, okay tell me about so you this is the first time you you did aya yeah how was that like is mental um so at the time i was okay yeah how was it like what kind of space were you in mm -hmm. and what was the takeaway after so the space i was in was that i was still hurting madly from a breakup it's a horrible time <sighs> to, to indulge in this it's a horrible time eh? yeah like it's like everything's at the surface yeah, you know so it's, I mean? it's the best and the worst. That's true, that's true. Like, a lot Trump of people... by fire, la. you want to, you know... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to show, it's going to come up, it's going to come up, la, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. get, like, less, like... Um, I think at that time as well, I had this very, like, warrior attitude to it of, like, let's run into the darkness and, like, right. battle those demons and everything. And, um, like, a lot of people will say, like, oh, I can't go do any plant medicine because at the moment I'm going through a breakup or whatever. And I'm like, bro... It's the perfect time. <laughs> like, as long as you've got some friends around you and whatever, and you've got some people to take care of you and stuff, it's, it's yeah, it's the best time. But, um, yeah, if the medicine's calling you. Um, but, yeah, at that time, it was, like, really strongly pulling me. Um, yeah, I've just relapsed. I'm, like, back on drugs again. I'm, I'm, I've lost my job. Like, everything had just kind of fallen to shit. And I was just angry. And so that's the space I was in going into it. Um, I was also, I was in such a poor space that I ignored all of the diet advice. I ate KFC right. every day for lunch. I ate McDonald's every day for dinner and I smoked weed every day. And I was someone that only ate McDonald's like once a month, even with all of my crazy addictions. But because I was just trying so hard like, not to drink, not to do any like hard drugs. You compensated. Uh, yeah, I compensated with the food. So yeah, I broke every dietary, yeah. every dietary advice. Um, which I've got better at since. I'm definitely not perfect at it. Um, but yeah, so I went into that and the first night, it was essentially, I don't know, say six, seven hours and halfway through you get your, you have a first cup and then halfway through you get offered a second cup. And so the first cup, I drank it and I lay down and I was just pissed at everyone who made a sound. Like if someone was singing, I was like, fuck you, you're not meant to be singing. The facilitator's meant to be singing. If someone was laughing, I'm like, what are you laughing at? Like everything annoyed me. Mm. And I wasn't getting any visuals. Mm. 
And so I'm like, it's not even working. I'm just angry, blah, blah, blah. And then I drank the second cup and I kind of came up with like an attitude, like, yeah, give me that fucking cup. Cause I was just like so angry and not realizing that I'm in it. The second cup is seven hours later or mm, what? Like three hours, yeah. three, four hours so the later. So the first one, you felt fine. I, f- I felt had- something, but it was still, you, you were still you. Yeah, I felt like it wasn't working. Mm. But what I didn't realize was what it was doing was really getting all of the anger up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, to me, I'm like, it's not working, blah, blah, blah. Just getting in this like head game and going around in circles and being pissed off at everything. And then um, I went for the second cup. And then as soon as I drank the second cup, the things that were making me angry... They were making me angry, but then I was immediately seeing the funny side in whatever it was, like seeing the funniness in my own anger. Right. Um, and as soon as I could see the funny side, it, it, it went. And so I was going through that process of like getting angry, recognizing it's there, seeing the funny side of it and letting it go. Mm. And years later, um, or like a year or so later, I was watching an, a British monk, Thai style monk that lives in Australia called Ajahn Brahm. And he was explaining that um, one of the things he learned living in Thailand from the monks there is like whenever something bad happens, you just find the funny in it and laugh and it helps you let go of the anger. So it was like, I had this independent confirmation coming from a Buddhist monk of something that I had taught me in the first like ceremony. Mm. And then once I got that lesson, the next thing that happened is I would see people come up in front of me from my life. Um, let's say like, we'll just take like my mum as an example. And then I would see the judgments that I think she has of me, like my own judgments that I project through her eyes. And then I think I would see the funny side in that. And then I would run to the toilet and have like this horrendous case of like diarrhea. And it was literally the best shit of my entire life. (laughs) And yet it would happen again and again. So it'd be like, you know, it'd go from my mum to my sister, to my old boss, to someone, to someone, to someone. And I'm just constantly getting my own self-judgment that I've projected onto these individual people and then just like letting it go out in the toilet. Um, And I think that was pretty much the process for the first night was just that happening over and over. Um, And just like a lot of purging, like just cleaning out, yeah, just cleaning out a lot. And then we did another two nights after that. And then we moved to another medicine called Wachuma on the fourth day like the morning after this whole thing is a, it's like a week or how, how many? yeah it's just a weekend yeah we just did like one night after the other after the mm. other and then woke up in the morning and then started on the wajuma mm. um so the second ceremony was as soon as i drank it it was visual like straight away and i was going through like these different um like other levels of reality and you're seeing these like infinitely complexly geometric patterns that mold into each other and out of each other and they're intelligent and they speak to you and there's like beings and spirits and the aliens or extra extra dimensional beings or gods or like who the hell knows but it was like it was just wild it was just unbelievable and up until that point i'd taken some mushrooms and thought maybe there's something but all through my teenage years and stuff i was always a really hard atheist and at one point i found myself on my knees just going i'm so sorry so sorry like for like not for not seeing the reality of it and like not not believing it was real but it was like it was no longer someone with a book trying to convince me like i was seeing it 
and experiencing it in a way that it was more real than than here and um yeah they just showed me like the most beautiful stuff you've ever seen in your life like just these giant columns of like meaning and, and patterns and and like animals and and like giant great halls and like I, yeah I, don't, I can't even put it into words but it was like there was such incredible beauty in the universe and I am part of the universe so I've got that beauty in me and that helped me a lot with some of the like the the kind of self-hatred and and the, the um like the kind of chronic um attacking myself and then as I'm having this like experience of how fucking amazing the universe is um the the lead facilitator this guy he's in the center of this big circular room that we're doing it in with this domed roof that's got perfect acoustics belting out a tibetan mantra that's been put to music by a monk that he knows and um as he's like singing with this like devotion and and like just sheer like glory to all creation and then um i start hearing the voice of like um this like self-critical voice that's like there for everyone and has always been there but throughout life has taken on different people's voices even though it's all the creation of my own mind and at this time it was the the, the ex-girlfriends that i was like trying to get over at the time and it was just all of the worst things that I've ever said to myself and she's ever said to me and anyone's ever said to me just coming through like your piece of shit, your shit dad, your this, your that, blah, blah, louder and louder and louder, the harder he's singing. Until eventually it becomes so loud in my mind that it starts erupting out of my mouth. <laughs> and like, like I couldn't breathe. It was like, it felt like it was going on for like minutes. Like it was going on for ages where I was, I was just purging so hard that it's coming out of my mouth and my nose and I can't breathe. And I had to pick up the bucket <laughs> and like run out of the room to get into the fresh air because it's just all thick and hot and sweaty from all the like just the madness that's going on in there. And I run out into the uh, into the fresh air and just like puking all over the floor. And there's a couple of people that are outside looking at the sky that start cheering me on. And I'm like, I'm just puking out this voice. And then after that, it was just a lot of just. I think it's just a lot of loveliness after that. Do you know what I mean? I've done the work for that night. And and after that, the voice like disappeared for like six months or a year. Um, it would come back every now and then, but it was like this whisper that I could just be like, and just like blow it away in the wind sort of thing. Um, and then the third night, I think the third night, I don't remember much apart from the fact that it was straight back to like the geometric spirit worlds of whatever the hell it is. And it was just a lot of like, you can do it, basically. It had a real like, I don't know. It just gave me like a little boost. Like, you'll be okay. Like, it's okay. You can do it. Like, you have some power in you. Like, just keep going. Like, it'll be okay. That kind of, it was just, I just remember it being quite reassuring. And then the morning after that last ceremony we wake up and uh we do the uh wachuma san pedro this uh, mescaline containing cactus that's seen as having like a more grandfatherly spirit and um i don't remember much from it to be honest but it was the first time i'd ever um we were doing kirtan, which is this Hindu form of devotional music where you set mantras to music and sing together so that you can like call in specific like 
energies and deities and open up different um, different different forms of consciousness and, and kind of um, bond together as a group. And they used a lot during the ceremony, but I was just too out in the other world to have a clue what was going on. Um, but so we're singing these we're singing these songs and we're dancing, we're all having a good time. And then I my dad passed away when I was seventeen and I just started missing my dad so much and I was just crying and crying, just getting it out, getting it out, getting it out. And um I think to the point where they actually like took me, like led me away and <laughs> just let me like put me somewhere peaceful where I could could just get it all out. Uh, without disturbing everyone else too much because there's a lot of us there and everyone's got their own work to do and uh yeah and then at some point there was this experience that <laughs> like the only way to describe it and i'm not i've seen it happen to other people since and like i've heard of it happening to a lot of people is the cosmic orgasm <laughs> and it was just like every fiber of my being was just this giant ecstatic like orgasm and it was going on for hours and hours and hours and i think it was a combination of realizing that the universe is just this like giant creative force and like um the the like sexual energy and the orgasm and everything it's all like it's all birth of the universe like it's all it's all this creative energy and i think it was also i was so disconnected from my body so not only was i like connecting to like a, a deeper factual basis of the universe but it was also like I was reconnecting with my own body, which had loads of shame in it. And just general, you know, like when you're growing up in like industrialized, digitalized areas, you are just constantly in your head. You think you're in your head. Like you think that's where you exist. Um, you always got some screen pulling your attention that way and an advert pulling you. And you're just, you know, just so disconnected from our bodies to the point where like, um, people don't even know what's going on in their bodies. Like in comparison to the relationship that I have with it now and what I've seen in people that have been born in different circumstances. Um, and it's a never ending, like infinite game to always get more more in touch with it. But yeah, it was just like, I really just felt my body um, and felt like all the, all the pain that was in there that I had always like just pushed down or or, you know, like, especially in the UK, like stiff upper lip and everything. Like you don't have emotions, let alone for those emotions to be expressed in your body. Like we have this mind body separation and you have this consciousness that is a product of the electrical impulse in the brain, but it's simultaneously completely separate from the body in the way you treat it. And then you have this physical body where it has nothing to do with your mind. Do you know what I mean? Like we're still living in that paradigm. And so it was just like, right, okay, I've got all of these emotions in my body. I've got all of this, stuff and memory and and storage going on in here and like it's always talking to me and i've never listened to it never listened to it um and from there especially these uh, meditations from ajahn brahm in sydney on youtube um yeah that kick-started just like building a relationship with the body where um we have a much more like two-way communication and I've got a much more respectful and cordial relationship with it rather than like trying to like punish it into being the way I want it or whatever, you know, um, like a much more accepting relationship with it. And it's like, I taught this to some people when I went back to the UK last year as well, like when we were doing the meditation, it's like just waking people up to the fact that the body knows what it wants and what it needs. It's always talking to you. 
Like it doesn't need to be fed a specific weight of strawberries plus a specific weight of flax seeds at a specific time within the minute. Like it's hungry when it's hungry, it's sad when it's sad, it's tired when it's tired. And nine times out of 10, like if you feed it and give it some rest, it will help you out. Um, so yeah, that was the first retreat. And then I kept doing drugs and stuff. <laughs> um, it wasn't like a one and done silver bullet. But it just started to open up, like it really just got everything moving in this direction. I think, I'm sure you can go to like the best of the best, um, like medicine people in like the Shipibo and the, the Mista tribes and everything along the Amazon where they've been doing it for generation upon generation. They've really kind of got it nailed down. And you might be able to go to them and do it once and come out and be like, ta-da, bye. The, the experience that I've had with it is that it's just brought a new level of awareness to my problems where after I do it, I still go and I still go and do all of the same problems. Like I might stop the behavior for a period of time and get some respite and perspective on it by not doing it. But at some point I engage in whatever behavior it is, whether it's like drinking alcohol, blah, blah, blah. I engage in the behavior, but I have this new experience and perspective whereby I don't enjoy it the same way. Um, and so I like, there's been, there's been like the last time I did Coke, I was doing it and I was just like, why am I even doing this? Like, I'm actually not enjoying it. And I just like put it away, put it down and walked away and that was that. But it was after like a year and a half of like, like I done like, I don't know, 11, 11 fire ceremonies and, 2030 Wachuma San Pedro ceremonies. Um, and it's always just been gradual. Um, yeah, the change has always been really, really gradual. Um, so yeah, after the first retreat, I everything reduced in quantity and frequency. Like I wasn't doing as many drugs as often. So there was this permanent shift down, but it wasn't like, ta-da. So then six months later, I went back again um, and at this point as well, um, my grandmother had passed away uh, due to COVID, but she'd like lived a really, really good long life. And um, because like my father had passed away when I was younger, I got some inheritance um, in that time. And, you know, it's during COVID, I've just started like sorting my life out. And so it was just this like um, real kind of life jacket um, that allowed me to then go and do another ceremony because... It's not cheap and I didn't have the money. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, just like, thanks to my ancestors, I was able to do it. And so the second retreat, they all kind of blend, but on the, the first night, I kind of picked up where I'd been at the, the final ceremony in the previous retreat in terms of like just going straight to the geometric world. There was no like getting to know each other with the medicine. She was like, yeah, I know you now, come here. <laughs> um, and I don't remember much. I just remember getting shown different realities and then just um, then pulling out a lot of, like pulling a lot of darkness out of me. Um, but o over the course of this like second retreat, there's three ceremonies and, and uh, by the second ceremony, like at the peak of the second ceremony, I'm getting 
I'm puking in this bucket and at the bottom of the bucket are these demons who are actually friendly. I just perceived them as demons because I was scared of them. And then as I'm puking into the bucket, they're like, yeah, give us your pain. It's not your pain. Like, give it to us. And they like, enjoy it. Um, and yeah, so I've got that going on. Um, I also had these six spirits around me and I thought that they were going to like assault me and um, like, like uh, yeah, I thought they were going to intimately assault me. <laughs> and so, and I'm like, fuck, this is crazy, man. Like, I'm not getting fucking raped in, in fucking demon spirit world. Um, and then as soon, I think this actually happened in the first ceremony. And then as soon as I was like, fuck it, do you know what, do it. Like, whatever, might as well enjoy it. And as soon as I did that, they just became friendly. And after that, they were just like, they were just chilling and they were just cool. Um, and we were just hanging out. But then later in the morning, someone on the other side of the room said that at one point they sat up and they saw six spirits sitting around me, like in their, in their um, experience. And they turned to her and said, um, tell him that he chose a difficult life on purpose so that he could show other people that it's possible to turn it around. And I was like, that kind of makes sense because I've always been a bit obsessed with that. Um, of like, I don't know, just showing that like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can you can do it. Like, you can do it. And um, yeah, and then off the back of that, started getting in, uh, introduced to these ideas of like, you know, you're, you're born into a specific life to learn specific lessons that are like, different karmic consequences all coming together so that you can kind of grow and evolve towards more calmness and kindness and eventually like oneness with creation kind of thing. Um, and um, yeah, so I had that experience. And then the main, the main thing at the second retreat was just getting pulled up these different levels of reality and like seeing the different worlds. And like at one point, like Dao was singing and I saw this like heavenly, heavenly realm where there's these angels and they're just dancing to creation, like to the glory of all creation, using the music that we're singing in ceremony. And they were like really grateful for it. I've just been so shown a lot of beauty. And in the process, you're purging your resistance to that beauty kind of thing. Like I think I've, I've experienced so far with this is like the purging is less so that you're getting the shit out of your body what you're actually doing is, is you're purging your resistance to that fundamental loving force of the universe that comes out of the infinite like space of your heart. And that, that realization seemed to help a lot because it helps a lot with letting go of the resistance because you're not actually fighting against the darkness. It's like the darkness is just resistance to the love. And so you're just like letting go of the darkness so that you can experience the love. And like, and then at one point it was like, I was going up these, like levels and levels and levels and levels of reality and to eventually like um uh i see this like egg embryo mandala thing that to me well, i was just like oh this is like the center of all creation like this is what it all emanates outwards from like this is like god but obviously it's not a dude with a beard it's like this thing i don't know how to describe it but like um at this point, I've already had the, the, the spirits are saying to me, like these kind of like other like spirits, they're saying to me like, like, 
whether I've got my eyes open or closed, the geometric patterns of everything is everywhere. And I'm like holding on to my pillow for dear life, just like, please, something just remain of the physical world. And I'm watching all of the patterns crawl over my pillow and like swallow up my pillow in patterns as well. And then it starts going along my arm like I'm fucking Neo from the Matrix. And I'm, I'm becoming the reality. Like I'm becoming the, 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 the geometric patterns. And the spirits, they're like, they're like, if you want to join us and become one with us, then you're like, you're gonna have to just like fucking accept that you'll go shit yourself, go crazy and die. Cause those were my three fears at that point was that I was so fucking out of my like body and out of this reality that I couldn't get up and get to the toilet, but I desperately needed shit. <laughs> and then, and then uh, it turned out it was just a fart after all this drama. But, and then um, obviously I was scared that I was gonna go crazy and that I'd never come back from this. And I, I just, I'd blown, I'd, I'd blown the circuits in my brain. And I'd done what my mum was always scared that I was gonna do, bless her. And then, um, and then obviously I thought I was gonna die. Um, and they were like, well, you've got to accept that these three things are gonna happen and then you can join us. And I'm fighting it and I'm fighting it and I'm trying to crawl to get out the room. And then I'm like, I can't make it. I'm just gonna crawl back. And then I'm just like, fine, fuck it. I'll just go shit myself and go crazy and die. And then like, as I like fucking accept all of this, this ball of, of, of source energy, like I become one with it. And at that point it's just like, Wah! and like nothing exists and everything exists. And I've no idea what's going on. And it's like that movie thing where you die and your whole life flashes before your eyes. But I'm also getting like all of reality and different worlds and, and this world and like, to be honest, at that point, I haven't got a fucking clue what happened. Um, the only thing that I do know is that I've been really loud and shouting and screaming and singing and everything, all ceremony. And that was the point where I finally shut up. Um, and then they said, like the others said, for the rest of the ceremony, I didn't make a noise. Like I was just laying there. And like, oh, the only, the only, the only awareness I have of it is that it seems like as I was coming out of it, is that like at one point I was like in the eyes of um, one of the dogs that lived at the retreat center. And I was like watching what they were up to at that moment. And then like my nephew, I was watching through my nephew's eyes as he's in England, like when it's still daytime. And I'm going to like different uh, places. And then at one point I'm in this reality that it is this reality, but it's just the light version of it. So like, like you would be in this room now, but it's all just made of light. And it's like the other reality that's on top of this one that you can't normally see. But I mean like a slightly more one of that where it's a little bit more detached, but it's a big Tibetan temple hall with Buddha. And it's all made out of um, like purple mauve lights and, and pinks and like, and I'm just like, right, okay. I don't really know what to make of this, but I definitely need to go to Tibet at some point, which I haven't done yet, but it's on the list. But it was kind of confirmation that I needed to go there. And eventually, slowly, I float through these other realities back to this reality. And, and, and I'm like, I was, just, I was just like, okay, I've got it now. I get it. Um, like, the stuff that I came here for this retreat got dealt with. And I found that with all of my retreats is what I came for got dealt with on the first night. And then the other two nights just going deeper and deeper. And then some like really deep, like child trauma abuse stuff came up for like a brief moment in that trip. And I was like, fuck, I'm in for it tomorrow night. Like this is what it's gonna be about. 
and um, I was really fucking scared going into the final night. And I said to the to the facilitator, the leader, um, I think I'll just take half a cup tonight. And he was like, yeah, probably. Because <laughs> it was unbelievably strong, like so much stronger than anything I've had before or since. And um, a tiny little cup. And uh, yeah, I had half of this tiny little cup. And again, as soon as I laid down, I was already like off. And I was like in this reality and I'm, there's, I'm like, I'm watching these like light shamans that like they're, they're in this world that's made out of light. And as far as I can tell, it's like something relatively afterlifey, but they're, they're all just sitting there just chilling. And then they see me and then I come down and I'm like with them on the floor and they're all just sitting around me, just cross-legged like we are. And they're just like patting me and stuff. And they're like, don't worry, you're going to be okay. And I'm like, are you guys going to look after me? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, 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 we'll look after you. And I'm like, all right, fucking come and then let's go. And we had to go to do this deep shit. And it's like, it's a long story, but it's like a memory where I don't know if it's true and if it is, the implications are really big, but at the end of the day, it's done now. So who knows whether it even matters. And and like, I have no clarity or any answers. And all, all it was showing me was that um, whatever it is, it's not necessarily mine and it might've been like passed down to me or or it might be something that's come through like kind of ancestral today memory or if any of that stuff is who knows if any of this is real or if we're all just crazy um but i'm like it's like it, it was showing me that it might not necessarily happen to me it might happen to like other people and that the the main lesson that i got from it was just like compassion and understanding like there's some people in my family that have got some issues <laughs> i weren't the only one and uh, really, really the case. But um, it was just like a bit more compassion. Like, yeah, it's not just your issues, Craig. Like, everyone's got some fucking issues and everyone's had shit happen to them. And, and like, um, like whether, whether, whether this stuff has like happened to you or whether it's happened to them or whatever is, is a bit irrelevant now. But we can maybe dig into it later was kind of the message that I got from them. And I still, um, I still haven't been back like deep in Iowa to kind of do that work. Um, but yeah, it was, it was after that where I was like, right, this is definitely what I'm doing with my life. I have no idea how, I don't know what it's going to look like. I doubt that I'm going to go and do like a seven year apprenticeship with the Shipibo tribe, um, like in the, in the Amazon, like around Akitas and that, like, I doubt any of that's going to happen, but somehow this is what I'm going to do because ever since I was aware enough to understand that there was like some issues that I wanted to sort out, I'd done everything. I did one-on-one -on -one therapy, I did CBT therapy, I did some like union and narrative stuff. And like I, I did, um, I've worked in a fucking rehab. Like I did all of the exercise stuff. I did the meditation, I did this, I did that, I did that. And it was like everything that the West and modern medicine had to offer, I tried, I tried the antidepressants, I tried the anti-anxiety meds, I tried this, I tried that. And it was all just coming up short. And then there was this thing that like actually fucking worked. And I was just like, there's, and I'd always thought about becoming a therapist because until that point, therapy had like helped. I hadn't necessarily done much to change what was going on, but it was just the first time anyone had listened. And, and then I was like, well, now I've got this thing that is like 10 years of therapy in a night. Like, why the fuck am I wasting my time like becoming a therapist? Like, so I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. Um, but this is definitely what I'm going to do. And then um after that like um we did with truma again san pedro 
can't remember too much of that at the moment. And then I did a couple more Wachuma San Pedro ceremonies um, and they were healing, but they were also, um, there was like, there was a lot of people and it was just, um, yeah, they were just a bit, mm, they had a little bit of a party vibe to them and the energy was like a little bit chaotic and it kind of shook my faith in, in the whole thing a little bit. Um, but yeah, the people that I was doing it with like became really good friends and like still love and respect them and, and try and see them and that. And, um, but yeah, it was just like, I just wasn't really sure what was going on. And at that time I've left all of my old career behind and now I'm just kind of um, using the recruitment experience to do like interview practice and, and resume writing and career coaching and stuff. Like, especially if people come from Asia that want to go into the West because you get the cross-cultural part makes it really fun um but it's like it's not what i want to do with my life it's not my life purpose i just happen to have these skills that make this um a viable way of making money and obviously like luckily i'm born in england so i'm a native speaker so i get all of these like extra privileges and everything that come with that that are really really like i'm really grateful for i definitely wouldn't trade them um and so yeah i'm just like working online trying to figure out what the fuck is going on because now there's like a whole spirit world that i hadn't accounted for um and like it just made everything so much more serious because I was like, shit, all of this, like, um, you've got to be a good person. You've got to be nice to each other and blah, 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 blah. Like, it was all just this inconvenient bullshit that got in the way of me just being ruthless and making as much money as I could. While at the same time, you know, um, compensating for the deep pain of an immoral life by doing loads of drugs and shit. Um, but it was like, now, now it's like, not only is God real, but it's more real than you ever fucking thought. And this like dude in the sky who cares whether you masturbate or not is like completely fucking nothing in comparison to the reality of it. And like, it's so fucking important that it's actually crushing if you think about it for too fucking long. And luckily being a better person does feel nice. You can do it like if you get into the flow of it sort of thing. And it doesn't have to be so crushing, but it was like shit, like, like, all of the bullshit and lying and manipulation and, and, and all of the shit that I'd been doing to people and taking advantage of people and everything and, and just like, just trying to make, make the world the way I wanted it. Like it was all just now so much more serious and it wasn't in the sense of like, the, not so much the guilt, I'm still working on that, but it wasn't like in a kind of like, you've been a bad person, you're going to go to hell. It was more of like, fuck, I didn't realize how fucking important it was to like be like loving and kind. Like I had no idea how important that was. I thought it was just like a nice thing that's great if you're fucking pussy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's for fucking idiots. And then it's like, nah, man, it's so fucking important. Like how, like I can fucking recycle and I can like eat vegan and fucking be all nice and fucking whatever. It's fucking great. But like how I treat you when you're sat in front of me is so fucking much more important than all of that. Like it's unbelievable how important it is. And it was like the thing that I got out of it was like out of this second ceremony, uh, this second retreat was um, thank you. I love you. Good job. And it was like, just say that to people all the time. So it's like gratitude, encouragement, and uh, thank you, I love you, good job. Oh yeah, love. Yeah, so love, encouragement, gratitude. It's like, so it was just like real simple. 
Like just do those three things. And I found that people find those three things really patronizing, <laughs> especially if you tell people well done. Like a lot of times you're like, what, fuck you, who the fuck are you? So you've got to kind of like time it right. And it's definitely better for like um, with um, uh, the love you and thank you obviously, but the, the well done or like good job. It is definitely like, if you say that to a successful CEO who is in his 60s about something that he did at work, he's gonna be like, shut up Craig, you're a fucking hippie, what the fuck? But if that same man has just cried out the unfelt grief of his mother passing away when he was young, and you say like, well done, like then they're, then they're like, fuck yeah. Um, and, but yeah, so that's a whole other tangent. But so yeah, it was just like, I came out of it with like, okay, so I've just got to be loving, grateful and encouraging and um again it's just like there is nothing to fix like it's all okay and and ever since then as well we mentioned this last night with my meditations like i'm definitely not like a master or anything but what it did show me was that when all of this stops like when the input from the five senses and the thinking like what is behind all of those and instead of it being a concept that I was getting from YouTube videos that I'm then sitting down and like trying to make and try, try to get there, it it was like, oh, it, it's it's what everything is made of. So it is that like, you're just like, you're just letting go of everything that isn't it rather than trying to come out to it kind of thing. And so that helped a lot. Um, and again, with um, it worked really well with the Ajahn Brahm meditations because it's very like, simple breath body consciousness no future no 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 past um and so yeah so i kept doing kept working on all of that and mm, like the drinking and the drug use and everything is is going down um and i'm letting go of like the more the the all of the like addictions and the negative behaviors and stuff they're all coming down in in reverse chron chronological order. So like the stuff that I'm working on at the moment is stuff that's been around that I've been doing since I was like 12. Whereas like in the beginning, I was working on like addictions that started when I was like 21 sort of thing. Um, and so, yeah, everything's been just slowly reducing in terms of frequency and quantity. So, you know, I'm doing like half a gram of cocaine once every couple of weeks instead of doing like three grams every three days. <laughs> um, and but it's still like, everything's just confusing, still is confusing, still is chaotic, I'm just getting comfortable in it. Um, and then, about a year after the second retreat, then my friend, um, Alfie, shout out Alfie. Um, so my British friend that I met out here, one of those guys, you know when you meet someone and you've only known each other five minutes, but you could have been friends forever sort of thing. Um, he's, he wants to do it, because I've been telling him all of these stories. So he wants to try Aya. And so, and he's like, I'm going to South America traveling anyway. I, I, I want to do it. Where do you think I should go? So I like, I did some research and sent him some places. And um, he ended up choosing this place called Spirit Quest, which was founded by this guy called Don Howard Lawler, who is like the OG gringo shaman anthropologist, like expert. Uh, he passed away in 2019. Um, but his daughter Selva runs it now and like continues on the legacy. And um, so he's, he, so then Alfie's like, right, I'm going to go there. And then 
he's like, Craig, come with me, come with me, come with me. And I'm like, no, 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 I need to be like sensible, blah, 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 blah. And then um, I had some problems with my visa. So I had to go back to the UK and stay there for six months. And I was like, fuck that, no way. So I went back to the UK for like a month and then flew out to meet Alfie in Peru. And so we did Machu Picchu and everything for a week. And then we went down into the jungle to a place called Iquitos, which is a city that you can only get to by boat or plane. Like there's no roads to the city. Um, and it's at like a junction of the Amazon where it comes from like um, Brazil and maybe like Bolivia or something. My geography is terrible. But it's this like junction in the Amazon, like this trading port that's like blown up out of the rubber trade and all of the slavery and the atrocities there. And um, yeah, now it's the center of like world healing. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so we went to this place and we're going into the jungle and I'm fucking bricking it, shitting myself because we are like, merging with like the center and source of all creation in the universe was like lovely, but it's fucking terrifying like I'm still processing it and uh, I just didn't want to go through that again and luckily we got then it, it was um, this Iowa Scaro called Don Roba his wife Don Eliana and their son who's in his 40s and got his own children and they've all been kind of doing this since they were 12 and they're like the third or fourth generation in their families and um, in this tradition they do in a very different way so especially a lot of like um there's a lot of brazilian traditions and and um like santa diamond mean, there's a lot of traditions where their ceremony is a lot of like music and they get a bit wild and a bit crazy whereas in this tradition the way they like to do it was very much like we all sit in silence and you either sit or you lay down and you keep the experience to yourself you don't leave the room you lay on your mat and you go through your experience and you kind of just shut up and um, they also, I believe they gave us like a kind of weaker, more watery brew. Um, and I think that may be because there were people who had like just come from the center of New York and um, they were in like New York City center like two days ago and now they're doing ayahuasca. And I think it'd be very irresponsible to like shoot them to the center of the universe. <laughs> um, I was really lucky. I was living in Thailand, like it's COVID, there's no tourists, all the hotels were cheap. like. You could go and find somewhere really cheap and just sit and like do integration in the jungle for ages and shit. Whereas like, yeah, if you just came from like New York City Center, went through what I went through and then two days later, you're back in New York City Center again, working at a corporate job. Yeah, it's not so fucking advisable. Um, so yeah, but it was, it was a lot gentler. It's still not great, um, but it wasn't as scary and it wasn't as deep. I wasn't, out in all these other dimensions but it was just very thought and feeling based and it was very precise and I think I would put that down to the Iowa Scarrows like he was so old that they were telling us like he's not going to be around much longer you guys are lucky <laughs> um, so like there was this precision that is different to doing it in um, the style that has been happening here um, and it was like it would go in and it would find a specific resentment towards this specific person and I would puke out the resistance and feel the resentment. Attached to that resentment are lots of little ideas and little resentments and little realizations. So you have the main purge and then all of these little ones and they would like gather up in my stomach and at the end I would go and purge those out the back end. Um, compared to the style that we um, 
have access to here is very much like this. Um, we create an open space for whatever needs to happen to happen. Whereas in Peru, I think they have a much more like controlled environment. It depends on who you go see. Like I've heard different stories from different people and stuff. Um, but it, it was good. It was good. I was disappointed at the time because it didn't come with all the cool visuals. But as time has gone on, I've really appreciated it for what it was. And it was that where I kind of finally kind of um, started to really like knock different behaviors on the head and stop doing things. Um, so yeah, I had three nights of, the first night was a resentment towards a specific woman in my life. The second one was a specific resentment towards another woman in my life, which was not my intention. My intention was be, become more consistent and reliable um, because I'm just uh, not. <laughs> So that was my intention, and yet there was no nothing that was obviously to do with that. I had this resentment towards this one lady, resentment towards another lady, two important people, and then on the last night, um, I realised how fucking terrified I was of love, um, because there's so much like like danger, like it fucking hurts, man. Like all the vulnerability and like, if you get in, like you open up your heart to someone and then it doesn't work out and now you're like taking it personally. And I was terrified of that. Um, and that like, it stops me asking for help. It stops me from dating. It stops me from doing all kinds of things just cause I'm scared of love. Um, and like how deep that runs and like, yeah, like, and like how much I missed being in love as well. Because uh, the, yeah, the relationship that preceded all of this plant medicine work, it was like, it was short and sharp and intense, but it was like, we were gonna get married. We had like names. We were hoping to have a little girl, da, 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 da. Like baby, like, yeah, it was kind of like, but at the same time, you know, I was a fucking raving drug addict. So I wasn't exactly in the best position to fulfill any of those dreams. But it obviously it wasn't the right one. And, I'd let go of that specific relationship, but what I just really missed was just that feeling of being in love. Like you go and get a massage together and you're like, you're holding hands, you're in the massage, walking down the street, you go watch the sunset, blah, 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 all that nice stuff. And like, and even like um, during COVID, every time I came home, she would cook. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, um, and uh, yeah, and it just tastes so much better when someone's cooked it for you. And um, yeah, so I realized all of that. And so that was like a week of these four ceremonies. Um, and then my friend Alfie, he had to continue on. And then there was the option to do this Wachuma, um, this San Pedro that I'd already tried, but we were gonna do like three ceremonies in a row. And we were gonna do it with this Wachumera Selva, who's been doing it since she was a kid. And um, like, again, like runs in her family and her dad's one of the like most well-researched people that I've come across on like the ancient Shavin culture, which is, this uh, culture from three and a half thousand years ago that has the oldest archaeological evidence we can find of San Pedro cactus being used spiritually. And um, yeah, so we do these three ceremonies and in the first one I was just so fucking overwhelmed by the experience. Um, it's not like ayahuasca where you go to other worlds, but it's like, it's just a very intense trip here in this reality connecting to, to this earth. and. It's not so visual and stuff, but it certainly has its elements, but just the sheer intensity of feeling. It's deeply emotional and felt throughout the body. 
and I was really overwhelmed and there were points where I was acting like a twat and just not being too considerate to other people but I was just going through what I needed to go through and getting stuff out of my system and um, didn't hurt anyone, I was just annoying. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so then for the second ceremony, I, I was like, I want to find the strength in silence because I really struggle with silence. Um, and I realised at that point that one of the reasons why I'm so talkative and so out all the time and um, so like um, extroverted per se is that um, because I was just always trying to avoid feeling inside so I was always just trying to get outside of myself and um, and then uh, sorry once you start doing I'm asking you to start burping all the time <laughs> um, and then so yes yeah, so that was my intention for this second Wachuma ceremony and the advice that I've been given by Selva, the Wachimera, was that um, the issue that me and some other people were having was that um, what Wachuma is doing is opening you up to all of the energy of all, all of the universe around you and, and, and within you. And we get into difficulties because um, if there's like negative energies or emotions or whatever that you don't want to feel, it's like a handful of salt. And you've got this glass of water and like this handful of salt is in your glass of water and it's spoiling the taste and everything. And, um, and because you feel like you're this limited vessel, like this body or this glass of water, this individual being, like this salt ruins it. But if you realise that you are the ocean, like you're not just some little drop in the ocean, you're the ocean in a drop. And the ocean's already full of fucking salt. And so this little handful of salt isn't going to make much of a fucking difference, but you're the vastness of the ocean. So that tiny little handful of salt doesn't mean shit. And so it, the second ceremony gave me an opportunity to practice that because I was keeping this slight silence. And so whenever I felt we'd get on a boat and drive down the fucking Amazon in a boat while you're, while you're starting to kind of come into the, to the experience. And um, I'm feeling like intense happiness and I want to turn and tell someone about it. I can't because I said I'd be silent. So then I, um, so then I um, uh, like bring it back inwards, and I'm thinking like you're just the ocean. Like you're not you're not a drop in the ocean. You're the ocean in a drop. You're the ocean in a drop. And all of this happiness dissolves into like the infinite within me. Like and I I'd got into the idea of like letting things go outwards into the infinite, but the 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 infinite the inwards was new. And then I was just practicing that for the whole, when I got sad, when I got happy, whatever, whatever, just practicing that. And yeah, I had a really beautiful time, went for a hike, got to swim in a, swim in a river, jump off a tree into the river, all the shit in the Amazon, got to hang out with a monkey um, while we were tripping. And uh, don't get me wrong, it's like, it's like deep, deep, difficult spiritual healing work, but there's lots of fun moments too, like anything. And yeah, I got to hang out with this monkey. Um, and yeah, I had a really good time. And then the, um, and then I also, uh, someone made me angry because when I was being too expressive, they were like, Craig, calm down, like, shut up. And I was like, who the fuck are you? If you say that again, I'm going to cut your fucking nail off, mate. <laughs> so I got some insights into my anger of me, like, not expressing myself and not, um, and like letting other people like stop me kind of thing um, or like tell me who to be or what to be or whatever. So I got some insight into that and me and him then had a really healing conversation about that later that day um, as the ceremony was coming to an end. 
And then on the third day, um, I, I'm still suffering with a lot of fear and suffering with surrender a lot. And in the in the second ceremony sorry to jump back in the second ceremony there was this um, entity that was just when I closed my eyes I could see it at the centre of reality and it was just all eyes and tentacles legs it was a spider it was an octopus who the fuck fucking knows none of it ever makes fucking sense but it's all like you know, reaches throughout all of reality and it's all eyes and, and tentacles and shit. And it felt old. It felt old and huge. And like, you know, like a um, kind of HP Lovecraft, like ancient one style fucking, I was just in awe of this thing and like scared of it, but it seemed nice. It seemed benevolent. Like it seemed okay. But it was just like, don't get on the wrong side of it. It was just old and ancient. And, um, and then... <laughs> It's fucking, as the sun's coming down, it's getting darker. Now I can see the fucking thing outside. Like, I'm look, I see the same shit, whether I've got my eyes open or not. But I can just see it laid over, like, normal reality. And then and then it's fucking coming into my body and shit. And I had to go sit next to the watching mirror, and I'm just like, Salva, I need to know whether this has happened to anyone before, because I've never had this on Wachuma before. On Ayahuasca, I'd expect this kind of shit. <laughs> and she's just like, don't worry, Craig, I've seen many things. And I was like, that's kind of reassuring, I suppose. And she, like, gave me a hug and, like, sat next to me and use some Mapacho, like sacred tobacco to kind of like help ground me and stuff. And just like sat there with me and just held my hand and gave me a cuddle and shit. And uh, yeah, like start to relax and everything. So anyway, so and the uh, thing that kept coming through was just this like initiation, 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 initiation. I'm just like, oh, fucking hell. All right, cool. And uh, yeah, we have the rest of that experience and it all kind of wears off and process. So then on the, the third day, um, I don't remember much of the day apart from just kind of walking around chatting to people singing a bit and stuff and then as the evening comes i start getting really fucking scared and not wanting to be on my own but at that time it was a time where we had to basically go sit in the jungle on our own <laughs> so i'm sitting in like i'm sitting in the jungle i'm on my own and in my head i'm sitting there and i'm a little bit like i don't know what i'm supposed to do after this retreat i haven't i've got a flight in like a month i have no idea where i'm gonna stay i've got no idea what the fuck is going on and i'm just saying to like at this point like i'm like i can't i don't know i don't really know what's going on but i was just in fear i think i was just so in fear that i just couldn't see hear listen i was so in fear and I'm just sitting in fear on this fucking little deck at the end of a bridge in the fucking jungle. And um, where well, it's like the only way to get back to town is by a fucking like 45 minute boat ride or something. It's the middle, it's late at night and shit. And um, this girl from New York <laughs> appears out of the darkness and her eyes are in the fucking back of her head, right? And I'm not even convinced it was her that was in her body. <laughs> but she just come over to me and she's just like, Craig. I can hear you thinking from all the way over there. And I'm just like, fucking hell. <laughs> and um, she's just like, why can't you stop thinking and just listen? And I'm like, I'm just fucking scared. And she was like, well, just be fucking scared then. And I was like, huh? All right? <laughs> and she was like, just go lay down in the dark and be scared. And I'm like, all right. And... Um, 
just before she came over, I'd been sitting in the dark and I'm saying to the spirits, I'm like, this is like the big moment. I've been in Peru, I've been doing all these ceremonies. Like I've always wanted to do something. I feel like something has come and like initiated, like something's calling me. And I'm like, can I work with the spirits? And I'm like talking to the trees. I'm like, can I work with you? And it's like the big moment and they're just like, nah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is meant to be the confirmation of my life's purpose and this is what I'm gonna do. And these spirits gotta give me permission to like serve San Pedro to people. And they were like, nope. <laughs> I was like, all right, fair enough. And I was like, why not? And they were like, because you're, you're still too scared of us. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm fucking terrified. Um, and so then this uh, lady appears out of the darkness and tells me to fucking just go lay down and just be scared. And so I go lay down in dark and I'm just scared. And then the like, and then when I'm just like, I lay down to just be scared and I just lay there and just fucking, ugh. And just let all the fear wash over me. And then as the fear washes over me, my mind starts to quieten down, finally. And then that is when I just fully open up this two-way stream where I'm just talking to the spirits and they're talking back to me and we're like having a laugh and a joke. And it's like I'm having a conversation with them. Um, and I'm saying like, so like, should I stay like, so can I work with you guys though if I do work on this fear? And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course you can. You just got to work on the fear and like some other things. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then the... Um, and then these bugs start crawling on me and I go to get the bugs off me and the spirit's like, nope, leave the bugs alone. They're our messengers. Leave them alone. I'm like, what? Just let them eat me. And they're like, yeah, let them eat you. I'm like, right, fair enough. So at this point, I'm like learning to trust them. I'm learning to go against like what my intellect ego wants to do kind of thing and just like listen to them. And then we go and do a rapé ceremony and we're doing round after round of this uh, snuff, tobacco-based snuff called rapé. And we're trying different rapés and... Um, at this point, the spirits have also told me to work on my anger and my jealousy. And if I work on fear of the spirits, and then the anger, and then the jealousy, in that order of priority. And I've worked through a lot of the fear of the spirits, worked through a lot of the fear of the, uh, a lot of the anger, both of those things are still there. And at the moment, I'm working through the jealousy, which has been interesting. And then we go and do this rapé. And as we're doing the rapé, I can talk to the spirits in the rapé. And there's an overall like rapé spirit, but each of these individual rapes have got their own personality and flavor to them and there's one that's got cinnamon in it and i was like oh you're not my medicine are you and he's like no i'm not your medicine and i was like what you my are you my medicine he's like not yet i'm like ayahuasca are you my medicine he's like i'm not your medicine if you want to help out in ceremonies and take people to the toilet that's cool but yeah i'm like all right cool and then we do another rapé and that's not my medicine but we're having a laugh and joke because i'm doing them and then we come to this eucalyptus one and it was like unicorn and it was beautiful and it was lovely. And I was like, you my medicine? And I was like, ah, maybe, but not really. And then the last one, the last form of rapé we were going to do was a mint one, which I really wasn't looking forward to because I hate it. I hate mint. And uh, as soon as I did it, I was like, fuck, this is amazing. So like, you my medicine? He's like, yes. I'm like, okay, cool. So what's the deal? Because in Peru, they teach this uh, concept of Aini, which is roughly translates as reciprocation so you can't just take from the spirit you have to give as well and i was like what do you what, what are you going to do for me and he was like i'm going to be the bridge for you until you can serve san pedro to people so i'm like okay and then 
I'm like, what do you want? And he was like, take me to your family. I'm like, right, cool. So I told her, I told her Wachimera about all of this. And um, she's skeptical that like another gringo has come to the jungle and decided that he's going to start doing all of this stuff. But, and she laughs at me and I'm like, don't worry, people always laugh at me before I do something important. That's how I know it's important for me to do it. Um, and then so I take the rap. So then I um, ended up living at a monkey sanctuary for a couple of months, um, taking care of these monkeys. And then when I got back to um, London, or when I got back to the UK, I gave my mum this rapé and um, she, afterwards she was like, can I tell you what happened? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, it's up to you. And she was like, I just, I heard this voice just saying, you're a good person, you're a good person, you're a good person. And I think we all need to hear that. I'm really, really glad that she got to hear it. And that was when it was like a confirmation for me. I was like, this isn't bullshit because my mum just fucking heard it. Do you know what I mean? And I still wonder whether it's all real, but um, like that was like a confirmation and the Wachuma was really clear, they were, the plants were really clear that I had to go back to Thailand to find Kay. And so I came back to Thailand and I've just been doing a lot of Wachuma ever since. And then I was really resistant to like, um, like doing any like ceremonies myself or anything, but people were asking me and certain friends were encouraging me. And at one point I kind of said to the spirits like, Are you gonna, can you give me like a clear sign that I should start doing this or not? And they were like, how many fucking signs do you want us to send? We sent all of these people to come and tell you. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was waiting for like a, a vision or like a dream or whatever. And they were like, no, the, we, these people coming to ask you is it. So then I started like helping out a little bit and done a, like led a couple recently and stuff. And um, yeah, so I'm in the early days of just like, just still learning a lot. Um, and yeah, so just like take people into a jungle who happen to have, drunk some wachuma that they've acquired somewhere and I'll just like take care of them while they go through the experience and sing a little bit and um, yeah it's been really really nice yeah yeah <laughs> bro <laughs> that was like an hour was it? yeah I, I was damn I'm up to date There's a wild story. What the fuck? <laughs> um, thanks for sharing. Wow. Let me... Throughout your sharing, there were a few things that I wanted to know more about, but I also didn't want to stop the rant, the, 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 the train. I, rem- I remember five points. I mean, I remember... There were five points. Let's see if I remember those five points. Yeah, and I'll, I'll try and, try and uh, trim it down. Three things that I liked about your sharing. Okay, I'll be honest. Maybe I, like 30 minutes I was listening. The last half, it was hard for me to pay attention to certain things. So most of the things that I remembered were at the first half and then a bit at the second half. So anyway. Three things that I liked what you said about your experiences. First one was when you said that you were very thankful. You like you were like, thank you, God, that point. I felt like that was a nice little breakthrough moment. And I could see it in your eyes or so when you were saying that you were very you were truly very grateful and you were, you came from a place that you didn't believe in all this, right? I mean I think we all on some level kind of started out if you didn't if you weren't born in a religious family, you sort of started out just thinking like there's no God, there's none of you there's no heaven and hell. We're just this is it like there's, there's there's nothingness 
And then as you get older and you start to see things and you start to experience the world, you start to question, you start to ask yourself, and especially when you dabble in, in, in this kind of thing, you start to see these things and you start to believe. And previously also for, for me, I also never really believed in it until, until you believe, right? So when you, when you said that, like, okay, like, I get it. I get that. And it was a nice little breakthrough, whether you realize it or not. The next two things were when you mentioned about um, the little devils in your bucket telling you to give them your pain. I liked that analogy because, you know, pain is something that you don't want, right? You know, not a lot of people want to receive pain, but then pain is necessary for growth. Pain is necessary for, for overcoming certain things, to make you stronger. You need to overcome these challenges and these challenges might be painful. And for these little demons, which you thought were scary, but then they weren't. Like, these things are helping you in a sense. But these are, like, there to receive your pain and they're helping you. But it's strange because, like, this is something that you don't want, but someone else wants it. So when, when you shared that analogy, I thought it was interesting because, like, there are some, like, most people wouldn't want pain. But then these guys wanted pain. They were so happy to receive it. What's so special about the pain that they want? Like, what is the gift that the pain can give them that, that they wanted so much that we can't see? Because pain to us as humans, when we receive it, is a very superficial, ouch, I don't like this feeling. It's a, it's a negative feeling. And we push it away. Immediately, we push it away. Oh, it's too hot. I'll turn on the aircon. Oh, I'm too bored. Turn, I'll take on my phone. Immediately, we have a remedy for that. But what happens when we sit with that discomfort? What happens when we sit with that pain? Growth will come from it. And these things, these little demons sort of, when you told me that story, I got that, I learned, I sort of interpreted it in that way, where like, these things wanted it, what's so special about this pain? Which is also like a way of building relationship with your pain. So not so much about pushing it away, but it's about learning how you can manage it, receiving it, learning a lesson from that discomfort, but not like, receiving a huge amount of pain at one go, we, we need to still receive it at little doses. So hence they were little, right? It's quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see, one I more thing that you said was, oh, I'm starting to forget. Uh, there was one more thing, but I forgot. Okay, moving uh, on to the next well, two. With the, um, I think it is like, like your demons do feed on your pain. Right. But, but the demon, see, the demon is still you. Yeah. Right. It's not. And they were ultimately they were friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's about what we talked about yesterday about the yin and the yang about the dark and the light. You need them both. Yeah. Imagine when you didn't have these demons. Who who's gonna tank the pain for you? It's you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you need the darkness. What? They're they're in a bucket. They they they're laughing. They they the demons. Right. Whatever idea of a demon is, that's it. And it's dark and it's it's malevolent. But you need it. Mm. You need someone to. I'm. You know. I have to give this pain to someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's that, yeah. right? And that thing came from you. Yeah. So you have to be aware of your own darkness, what, right? You say you're very angry. You say you're very in, in, in pain. You're whatever trauma. That's helping you in a way. The yeah. demons are helping you, right? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something about um, compassion in there, and about befriending the demons, mm. and like if we talk about the demons in terms of like, um, you know, like when we colloquially say like my demons and you're thinking about like addiction to alcohol or whatever, whatever, it's when I've given myself permission to like enjoy it, that it has died. Mm. 
That's always been the first step is like accepting it and giving it permission to be there and being like, yeah, okay, tonight we're going to go out and we're going to do loads of coke and we're going to enjoy it and we're not going to feel guilty about it. And then it's that evening where I just stop enjoying it and stop doing it. And I feel like there's some kind of connection there. And the other thing they kept telling me, it's not yours. Mm. It's not yours. Like, it just is. Like they were taking yeah. it back. Because yeah. to claim the pain as your own is, is, is a bit narcissistic, you know, in a sense, because... Oh, this pain is mine, you know, like I'm I might I identify with it. It it defines me. This is my pain, you know. No one else can feel this pain. Only I can feel such sadness. Like, that's a bit narcissistic. Yeah, yeah. Everybody feels <laughs> the same pain, right? Everybody goes through life life sucks for everybody. What makes you so special? <laughs> you know, like sure, some like other people are luckier than others. Sure. We're, we're, we're gift like when we're born, we're dealt that hand and we play that hand. Some people are born rich, some people are born poor. But that doesn't mean the richest guy has prob- has no problems, you know? Everybody has their own demons to fight. So to say that your pain is better than my pain, fuck you, you know? If I, if, if, if everybody uh, put their pain on, 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 on the table, like if everybody put their pain on the table and you get a chance to look at everybody's pain, at the end of the day, you still take your own pain back. Because that's what you are familiar with. That's what you want to do. I don't want to deal with someone else's trauma, you know? I, I, if, as much as I resist or I hate my own demons, <laughs> They're still mine. They're still mine, you know. And I and I receive them. And you have you have to what you have to have a relationship with that pain. So that was why I t- took away from that 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 sharing. And then also you said something about how you were trying to find or you were trying to invite more love into your life because of whatever situation that you were going through. And while you were saying that, what I noticed also was that you were already you 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 claimed that you were resistant to it. But what I perceived was that you, like, I asked you, like, hey, well, hey, Greg, what's going on? And you ranted, like, you told me your whole life story for one hour. That that shows me that you're open. It shows me that you are willing to be vulnerable. Because these stories, when you hear them back, they're going to be very vulnerable, you know. And, and assuming that whoever can hear this will hear this, right? That's a revealing thing to share. Mm. So to claim that you are resistant to it, I don't think it is. Because clearly you've already shown vulnerability, which is, which is a sign of that mm. ability to receive. Right, which is just a lack of perspective on your end. And then the last thing, something recently that you talked about, um, was it about? What was the last thing in, in Peru? I think it was something about the ocean drop. The lady, your friend said, "What did your the New York lady that?" Oh, um, said I can a, hear you thinking from all the way over there. Just go lay down and be scared. Be scared, yes, about fear. Similar to the relationship you have with pain, you have to have a relationship with fear, right? You didn't want to feel scared, but she told you, like, just feel scared. And the only way through f- to overcome fear is through fear, right? The only way to overcome anything is through it. There's no way to go around it, under it. You have to go through it. And once you go through it, you, re- you when you look back, you feel stronger because you've overcome that pain. Well, like that quote from Dune. Um, uh, you know what I mean? There's this, this famous quote about... Uh, Jamie! <laughs> we need a Jamie! We've got young Jackson. Yeah, go, go ahead and yeah. search it out. And then, uh, but it's, it's that pain. Uh, it's something about um, when you walk through fear and you look back, nothing's left because you've overcome it. That's the gist of what that quote meant. If you Google like a fear quote from Dune... It should be there. Fear is the... against fear, right? Yes. I will face my fear. Oh, go for it. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And 
when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. There you go. I think what, if you break it down, it just, like I said, the only way to overcome fear is through it. Face your fears, right? She was, uh, at that point, she came at the right time. She said, hey, Craig, what the fuck? Face it. And once you did, you realize it faded away because it's all in your mind. Everything's all in your mind. Everything is an illusion, what? So I'm scared, but there's nothing to be as scared of. It's my mind playing tricks on me, what? The night, the darkness didn't do anything to you. It was just dark. It's always going to be dark. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's, whether it, like, now it's dark or so. It's yeah. not doing anything to us. It's just our mind playing tricks on us, sitting in the forest, all, my, all alone, all my fears. All, and it's just a fear of yourself because you're afraid of being by yourself. There's no one to talk to. There's no one to distract you. The fear comes from us. And we claim that fear. We must. Because if we say that someone else made us feel scary, uh, made us feel afraid, someone else hurt us, then that person is responsible to heal us now, to take away that fear. If you made me, if this arbitrary fucking Timmy here hurt me, if I said that he hurt me, he is responsible, he must say sorry to me, otherwise I can't move on. But if I decided that he, he didn't do anything to me, I hurt myself, I took what he said and I interpreted it as something negative and I feel, felt the pain. But he was just being himself, he was just being his, him, himself. I'm the one that decided whether it's, it's hurtful or not. And if I take responsibility for that, I can cure myself. I don't need him anymore. So then, whatever past traumas, whatever demons that you felt, whatever things that happened, whatever the world hurt you, the world didn't hurt you. You hurt yourself. And, and to admit that is painful because now you have to take responsibility for yourself. All this while I've been hurting myself? Fuck, no, it's actually everybody else hurt me. But it's you. You're the one that hurt yourself. But if you take that responsibility, now you can realize that you can now have the ability to heal yourself. Now I can go and do what needs to be done. Now I can go and fucking get my shit together. And now I can go and be a nice person because if I'm nice, people are nice to me. That makes sense, you know? And you start to forge your own new identity from that. Yeah, so from all your experiences that you've shared, uh, different, different people that you've met, all the trips that you've been and all the things that you've seen, look at it from, if, if now that you've shared with me and I shared my perspective view, it kind of makes sense as well, you know? And everybody's like, I can relate to whatever, like, even though I didn't go through the things that you went through, I can still relate to it on some level. Everybody's the same. We're all fucking the same. Right? Everybody has the same fucking problems. Yeah. We're made up with the same emotions. Yeah. So when, when you mention fear, I relate to it. When you mention pain, I relate to it. Heartbreak. Who, who the fuck can, can't relate to that? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Interesting. Yeah. It's been pretty wild. What, um... What were your experiences like? I've never done it. Really? No, I've never done it. Cool. Never done it. I don't, and I want to at some point, but I'm, yeah. just, I'm scared, man. I hear your stories. I hear house stories. And I just, I mean, I've heard stories. Fuck, man. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready yet. And like, yeah. I know that at some point, sure, I want to. I'm open to it. But the, as I get older and as I get a bit more wary of things and I'm not as adventurous as I used to be anymore, mm. I don't feel as uh, I don't feel drawn to do it as much as I would like maybe 10 years ago I feel like I also don't like I'm in a good space now you know uh, previously yeah you know you got your own traumas to deal with and I've overcome them so I also feel like I don't need to but I also do want to I mean I hear all these stories like I want to yeah. know I want to I want to see it for I want to see God you know yeah. I want to see these things but then also, 
as fun as it is, it's scary, which is the same. It's like a roller coaster. It's going to be fun if you ride it, but it's also going to be terrifying. The queue and is more scary than the ride sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, it's something to overcome. And I don't fancy the puking and throwing up and, yeah. and shitting yourself. That's not a fun thing to do. And I don't know whether I can allow myself to let go completely. It's um, one of the issues that we have in our perspective of it is that it, and I think it's probably getting some people into trouble who needed to learn this lesson is um, like it's a medicine, which means it is for treating illnesses of the mind, let's say. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and uh, we've had this discussion like loads of um, a lot of people they come into it because they want like spiritual enlightenment or because they have heard that it's an experience that you have to do or because of like they want to see the stories and stuff like that and um, the most important part is like it's plant medicine and like steroids are a medicine if you have a hormonal issue but if you've got no hormonal issue now it's like a drug of abuse yeah and now you're gonna like grow tits and get pimples on your back or whatever but if you're someone with an actual hormonal deficiency or whatever it is that steroids are legitimately used to treat mm. at this point they're a medicine mm -hmm. and it's not it's not an like enlightenment if you're not sick don't take it yeah. yeah yeah like yeah yeah i think that's the best way to describe it. i don't feel like i need to take it yeah but I'm sure it helps. Yeah. But I'm like, I think I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, on the one hand, like, they will call you. Yeah. Like, you don't need to right? make it happen. The only, the only issue is, if they're calling you, will I, are you picking will I up the phone? Up? Yeah. yeah. So it's so know, fucking, man. that's I your home. And especially when I'm here and I'm, you know, I'm around you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the phone will ring. Uh. So I just, I don't know. I'll see. I'll see. I, I will always stay I stay open to whatever the universe offers me right I don't push anything away and I don't chase anything that's my new motto now whether when it comes to my front door when the phone calls I'll, I'll see if I want to pick up no? and if I don't then then, then that's my fate uh, at that point and I allow it to happen uh, right maybe I'm too scared and, may, and because if I'm too scared then it's not the right time you know there'll be weird things like um, uh, coincidences uh, yeah like in my case I got a little bit of the inheritance just as the first retreat was happening. Mm. And then as I was getting called to the second retreat, I got the remaining balance of the inheritance. And then the one that I did in Peru, it was like my friend's And then um, the visa calling. issue. Yeah, and the then visa you to, issue. Yeah, see a lot of things, even the, the whole moving to Thailand or so was like a one after another, after another, after another. It just sort of led you to where you are now. Yeah, it's all coincidences yeah. and accidents. But, yeah. but it's also not. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's all meant to be. As like far the fact that we are sitting, like think about it, like how, like, hey, uh, I'm gonna call Greg over for dinner tomorrow, and here we are, like yeah, it's just yeah. yesterday, <laughs> you know, it's, it's and it, and that's and that might be a thing for you in a in like a like in your life. This is gonna be a thing, like, and you allow that to guide you. You know, some people maybe not so lucky. Maybe the the sign isn't so clear. It's not like today meet tomorrow podcast kind of thing, but for you it seems like that's the way, and you uh, and you follow that. You know, trust that. Yeah, whatever that is useless. Yeah. Yeah, just just allow the universe to guide you. So he, the universe is likes you. He's helping you a lot. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like exactly. I was talking about, like when we were having dinner yesterday, I was saying, like you know, fuck, I wish I knew what my calling was. I'm, I'm like, you know, what, what do I want to do in life? I'm still searching. And then you said, like, oh, the search is. Uh, you said something about like there was no point in the search, 
the pur- remember you said something and I was like oh, there was it was like one of those paradoxes where like you don't need to search it's all within you kind of yeah, thing yeah yeah so fucking annoying to hear it said as well because yeah. it just sounds like like you kind of know that's the answer but then like how do, I still need to go through all this to get to the answer which is here all along you know kind of bullshit it's <sighs> like yeah because it's so annoying when someone says it as well like or like I had another thing that I worked through where it was like I feel so overwhelmed all the time and someone was like yeah but you're putting that overwhelming yourself and you're like I know but that's not helping me do anything mm. like hearing it isn't helping but so, it is like but we know yeah. we know the answer everybody knows what to do <laughs> everybody knows the, the best thing to do for yourself yeah. well, you know to sleep early and wake up early to, to eat healthy <laughs> to go to the gym We everybody knows what to do but we, we still don't do it yeah. which is strange we want to hurt ourselves sometimes yeah. we want to self-sabotage but then why because we hate ourselves why yeah. I hate myself that's why I, I want to eat all this shit I want to I want to snot, snot blow it. I want to get fucked up because I hate myself. But if you love yourself, which is what the plant medicine allows you to, sh- shows yeah. you, right? Ultimately, to, to, to you are the universe and you love the universe. And if you love the universe, you love yourself. And it ties it all back together. Now you can go out with pure love, with the trees, with the fucking animals, with each other, with your, with your brotherhood, with your friends. So once you have that self-love, which again, to change the world, you change yourself, right? Once you love yourself, then you can allow that love to, to, to tr- translate to everything else and now you realise like I, I care about myself I care about how I look I care about how people perceive me I'm going to take care of myself I'm not going to fuck off I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, do what needs to be done wake up early fucking do eat fucking vegan and whatever which translates all because of the shift within right and we have to allow both the yin we have to allow both the yang because we need them both no light without the dark, no dark without the light. You need the demons to take the pain. Because you can't, I can't take all the pain. Take some for me, you know. Tank some for me. And these demons could be within you. These demons could be your friends. These demons could be your family who help you along the way, right? It could be anything. Things that we don't even know. Sometimes uh, uh, something tinkles and then you look over there and you kind of dodge a tra- something in the traffic. Like you just, I don't know, if I, like anything... A fucking squirrel runs by and you sort of look at it and it and it makes you like turn your steering wheel a little bit more and you you know whatever small things like that that the universe is somehow helping you but you don't even know right so many strings are being pulled so many things are being in play and we don't even know even when I came here and I met Hao like uh, a few days ago and he would, and we had a very simple lunch and he mentioned to me like uh, you know, you what's your intention coming here? Which is a very simple question, but a very revealing question. Because then, ever since that lunch, I was I kept thinking about it. And even when I met you guys, I was like, I'm, I'm thinking about what I want to do here. You know, because it's something that is important. Like again, with this uh, constant searching that I'm, I'm, I'm just always searching. So once he 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 he, he sort of asked me that question. No, I, I need more answers. I need I need uh, where what what is the intention? What am I here for? So it's just a never-ending kind of thing. Like, I feel like um, I'm going to very arrogantly claim that I'm at the beginning of finding out what my purpose is. <laughs> and that I seem to be moving towards it. And as chaotic as things seem, I feel like it'll be all right because I'm working towards this purpose. And Like, when we're at school, the least desirable trait that they that they really want you to have is curiosity 
Mm. Unless you're curious about what they want you to be curious about, you know, within these set parameters and like your parents, they, they want you to fulfill things that they didn't fulfill or they have dreams for you that they want you to fulfill. And like everyone wants you to be a certain way. And especially like in like large scale organized societies, like you, the desire is for you to be like productive sort of thing. And I think that re that's replaced purpose for a lot of people. It's like, I'll just be productive at whatever it is that I'm doing. And the only reason that's forced on you is because there are people that like make money out of that who have mm. no human connection to you. So your only value to them is productivity. So they've got every reason to only require that of you. And the last thing that you want from a factory worker is curiosity because you need them to just be doing repetitive shit. It's like a soldier. Yeah. You, you don't want him to question, just go run into the fire. Yeah. But now, especially being born into like the situations and families we're born into where we've got a laptop and we can record things and neither of us are in our native country and it will go all over the world on the internet. It's like we have the opportunity to actually follow our curiosity without too much consequence. Mm. And especially this, this inheritance for me, like the only reason I'm on the receiving end of it is because of all this fucking trauma. <laughs> but it, it has given me the space to like follow my curiosity. And so followed it into the handpan, followed it into Wachuma, followed it into, into Thailand, followed it into Buddhism, followed it into Hinduism, followed it into Kirtan, followed it into Sanskrit. Like just following this curiosity, it's like, all right, so I made a mistake at work and I did a typo in an email. Once upon a time, that would have been the worst thing that could have happened. And I'd even get called into a meeting and told off about it by another fucking, even though I'm a grown adult. And now it's like something like that happens and it's like, yeah, but last night I was translating from Sanskrit into English into Thai and learning a deeper understanding of a song that I've been singing for like a year. Hmm. And so now that email doesn't really seem that much because I'm actually doing stuff with purpose. And so it's like, now it's worth it. And to me, the purpose that's born out born out of discovering something through your own authentic curiosity pisses all over the assigned purpose that uh, like we're encouraged to do it's very like um what's his name um concentration camp gulag survivor um victor frankel yes yeah. that victor frankel style with like it is the purpose that will sustain you and you do assign purpose things like i've assigned purpose to mm. this handpan but it was like it was beyond my intellect. Whereas when I worked in like a corporate job, I was like, well, you know, I help recruit nurses who do assessments so the government can decide who to give disability um, benefits and state support to so that they can spend money more efficiently. And isn't that lovely? And the reality was like, it was just a fucking shit job. And mm. I was taking perfectly nice people and putting them into this shit job. And yeah, I can fucking do intellectual fucking acrobatics to give it meaning. But at the end of the day, I still want to jump in front of a train. No, no. I mean, I mean, like, a job like that, like what you just described, it still has purpose in society. Not shitting on it, sure. But, like, any job, any job, you can give it meaning. But if you, the one doing it, don't feel fulfilled, then that, that it doesn't matter anymore. You could be the fucking CEO or fucking, like, it could be Elon Musk. But if you didn't, if you were in that position, you didn't find any purpose or value that was authentic to you, then it wouldn't have any meaning. Yeah, so yeah. the fact that you took this risk and you took this step to, to set your life in a particular trajectory which led you to hear where you are now and closer to your, your truth, mm. all good. So like, 
if you won like a billion dollars and you had some money managers who had it all invested and you're living off like three percent of the total for the rest of your life and like money is no longer an issue you can do what you want i discovered that if that was the case i would um sit on my ass and smoke a lot of weed mm. and meditate and do a lot of medicines but um that would be a very but, and and i discovered all of these other things but if you if you won the billion dollars and money was no longer an issue and all you had to do was just follow your own curiosities and discover what might be for you what would you do is, is that yeah, a question yeah yeah like i like i said um at dinner yesterday if, if i if i never had to worry about money anymore my life would not change i would still wake up go to the gym go to jujitsu at night hang out with my friends and continue pursuits like i'll continue the pursuits that have no end like like going to the gym training yoga like there is no end goal of these things you can't be the strongest man you can't be the fastest woman you can't read like say if you if your goal was to hit a billion dollars okay done if your goal is to climb a mountain okay done then what like great pursuits endless pursuits are the ones that have true meaning and you're not exactly just doing the thing. You're developing yourself. You're creating community. You're helping others through that process. Mm. If let's say your goal is to travel the world and you genuinely traveled and you visited certain places and along, those, along the way, you're able to impart your own authentic gift to that place, whether it's chatting with someone and inspiring them, whether it's a donation because you have money, whether it's like, hey, I have time. I dedicate my, I offer some time, help build this house, paint this building, whatever. So these are genuine and endless pursuits that can be achieved. Because if your goal is to just, oh, I have all this money in the wall, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to go to the beach, sip, sip my margarita every day. After two months of going to the beach and sitting there and basking in the sun and sipping margaritas, you're going to be bored because there is nothing to do and people need something to do. And they think it, that, Oh, I need novelty. So I'm just going to fucking buy the fastest car, fly on a helicopter. Because I got money, what? I'm going to ball out of control. But you look at the damn Bilzerians and all the fucking people that have have that kind of position, they, they find no satisfaction. Because the true satisfaction comes from service, which is what we fucking talked about yesterday, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, what if you think of whatever that you want to do now, if money was an option, would you, what would you do? And you let's say I've, I've told you these things. Now, yeah. these things aren't expensive i'm doing that now yeah, i'm still yeah. going to gym every day i'm still like i'll go to jitsu at night and i still get to talk to my friends so my life as i said my life won't change yeah. the only thing is that i'll feel a bit more comfortable maybe i'll drive a bigger car or ride a bigger bike or have a better phone but other than that i'll still be doing the same thing i'll still be the same person i'll still wear the same clothes yeah you know and what would you do with the time spend it to do the things that i want to do spend it with the people i love so you do more more jujitsu more gym I mean, as much as I can do with it within the limits of my body, yeah, like, yeah. right? And so, is there anything that you're not doing because, or that if, if because of money, because of money, time, or other people's opinions and, and expectations? For example, I now sing, and I've recently danced sober. Uh-huh. <laughs> I fucking love dancing when no one's looking, but I have danced twice in front of people sober in the last however you know since I got some self-awareness as a mm-hmm. child do you know what I mean because where I come from if you're a guy that can dance sober 
it's probably gay. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of like attitude. And so like, are there things that you would do or were there things that you did when you were a kid that you loved doing that you stopped doing or anything like that? I can't think of any now, but I'm sure there is, right? Like whether it's like express, expression, you want to dance, you want to act, you want to play, right? But because as an adult, you grow older, you get more self-conscious, you're worried about what people think and you want to be put, be seen in, in a particular light because you have an impression of yourself. Maybe I'm a big CEO, I can't be dancing around or, or twirling around. But then that's external. Ma. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure at some point when you're, you're open enough or comfortable with yourself, you'll do it without any fear of ridicule. But also, what's the point? Like, are you doing it for attention? Are you doing it because you want to feel liberated? Can you feel liberated in the comfort of your own home? You don't have to have an audience, do you? So then, what's the purpose behind it, law? Right? I think that was what I will ask back. Mm. But, so, but like, so, so what are you trying to say? Like, what are you trying to ask? It's like, um, what can you do for the pure enjoyment of doing it? And ah. is, there, is there anything that, like, guilty pleasures... Um, to be honest like a lot of this stuff I discovered it I don't know it just fucking happened I don't even know like, I'm talking as if I knew anything that allows you to go into a state of flow though whether you're painting you're listening to music your conversation do you know yeah. fucking two hours went by already you don't know what yeah. so it's moments like this where I and I feel like the way I can move closer to flow is through connection whether I'm connected with nature whether I'm connected with people or whether I'm connected with the thing that I'm doing pottery fucking uh, farming, recycling, anything that puts you in a state of like present moment, you know. And there are a lot of them fucking making coffee, br- green tea, that kind of shit. You know, people do all that contraption. That's that's still a form of Zen, what? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're being in the moment. There's nothing else. Nothing else matters really, what? But then, mm. so it's like, so you're kind of saying about not knowing where the purpose is or what what your purpose is, but at the same time, it seems like you're living it. In a sense. Because you haven't told me of anything that, like... If Whatever you, I want to do, I'm doing now. Yeah, if yeah. we've removed all of the limitations... But I still have my own fears and my own anxieties, right? I still have, like, anybody else. So, I guess the perspective is, ha- if I am truly fucking a billionaire now, and nothing would change, why would I then still feel anxious? Which is a question that I guess all of us, we need to answer at some point or so. I don't know, I don't know if I can answer. <laughs> I don't know. But it's true, it's, it's quite revealing that you mentioned that, like, I don't know, right? I don't know if I can know. <laughs> That's a good place to start. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and I guess it's a good place to end sooner, so my battery's yeah, dying. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a great chat, man. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Cheers, mate. Before we close it off, um, can I humbly request a short little... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, at Wachuma Walks. Yes, oh, okay. So <laughs> how can people reach you? Drop me all your Instagrams, your websites or whatever. I will link them in the description below. So, yeah. so um, at Wachuma Walks. Wachuma is H-U-A-C-H-A-M-A. Walks, W-A-L-K-S. And then if you want to hear the continuation of this conversation, come to the Wachuma Talks podcast. Which is coming soon. Which is going to be coming, coming soon. soon. Yeah, and we'll continue this. And um, if you want to watch me play the hand pan, you just go to at Copan Craig, K O H P A N 
C R A I G, Copan Craig, like what, poke. This poke is on yeah. Instagram or? Yeah, it's oh, okay, Instagram. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, though. Last note. That's pretty much it. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Cheers. Cool, man. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. Hello again. Uh, glad that you made it to the end, and I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I hope you enjoyed the little surprise performance as well with uh, uh, his 
hand pan finesse. As always, if you enjoy what you hear, share it with your friends, repost it on IG, tag me, tag the Mostly Yoga page, and I'll repost it. You can also, again, support the podcast by donating to the coffee page. All the links will be in the description below. Let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to reach out to Craig. Uh, yeah. And uh, what else? That's all. I got a couple more episodes lined up already. Uh, I think the next episode should be out already as well. Vroom, vroom. I dropped I dropped like three episodes at once so so they should all be out already uh, so go ahead and listen to the next one hope you have a great rest of the day rest of the week rest of your life that's all thank you bye bye